0: Welcome back. You're listening to Radio Ramadan on 1530 AM. You're listening to The Daily Buzz Show. Uh, We're speaking with Brother Amjad Ali in regards to organ donation. He is currently the Partner and Project Lead with Transplantation in Islam. We've just been discussing with him the issues and problems which occur within the Muslim community, why they choose not to register um, for organ donation, Brother Amjad, how is this something that we can overco- overcome? Well, I think uh,
1: it it comes from re- reaching out and um, to communities and and helping them understand um, the whole process, but also as individuals for us to 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 look at this. Um, as as something that's a responsibility on all of us, um, and the reason for that is even more important now, um, where we know that the law in England will be changing um, from spring 2020, the the government will be introducing um, the opt out clause um, system in uh, on organ donation. So. For us now, it's, it's a case of, you know, some of the work that's already been done, some of the funding that's been made available by the government through NHS Blood and Transplant to various community organisations, it's a case of reaching out and, and talking about this subject more openly and working with our local scholars and imams um, to help them understand from a faith perspective um, how important this is, that we we don't consider this as a taboo subject, but something that we all need to make a, a conscious decision about um, moving forward. And and not only that, it's, it's to share that conversation with our loved ones and family members so that if and when the time comes, they know what your decision is. Now, in terms of what is opt out, uh, I think it's important for me to, to give some clarity around that. Um, so basically the law um, is, is, when it comes into force in spring 2020, will basically um, take a view that all adults in England will be considered um, to have agreed to be an organ donor when they die, um, unless they've recorded Um, a decision that they don't want to be an organ donor um, by opting out. Now, it also will exclude people under the age of 18, um, people who've lived in the UK for less than 12 months, and, and, and people who lack the capacity to understand. But otherwise, it's a case of, you know, we are all then considered to be potential organ donors. But what's absolutely key to that is that At that time, if you are considered as a potential organ donor, it's not an automatic process. The specialist nurses in organ donation and the teams at the hospitals um, have a duty to reach out to the family members um, to ask the question of them, that are they aware that if whether or not there was any objection um, by that person to organ donation. Even if they don't know and the family object, then that is the overriding decision. So if the family decide, no, it's not something that they want to go ahead, then that will be respected. This is not something that's automatic and regardless of the views of the family, um, things will go ahead. That's certainly not the case. And I think that's where there's a huge degree of misunderstanding about the process.
0: I would just like to mention again, Brother Amzut Ali, that this new law, which is being introduced in the summer of 2020, and this is in England, and in autumn 2020 in Scotland. Um, Now, we've been discussing how we think that people will react to this. We've already started seeing reactions from the community. Um, yeah. I know with myself, I've been involved in quite a lot of discussions with other individuals in regards to this. Um, and most, you know, the large percentage of those individuals, they take quite a negative view to donating yeah. their organs. Um, and it's something which I've struggled with as well because I know that we have had family members that, you know, if you're in that situation yourself, you would quite happily take an organ but when it comes to giving um our community looks down on that area now i i know that obviously from a personal viewpoint you've had to um you you've basically suffered with chronic kidney disease Um, And you've probably, just on a personal note as well, helped to change the mindset of so many individuals. Do you think it's um, different when you're speaking to someone who's closely related to you or is a family or a friend, um, but when you go to speak to individuals who you know, uh, who you don't know, who are strangers to you, um, is it quite a different way of dealing with this subject area?
1: What I don't want to, I, I want to share something with you here. Um, you know, based on my background of, of of retail banking, you may you may think this is odd, but um, in actual fact, the the actual system and, and understanding of what I've done and and the way that I've reached out um, actually does make some sense. Uh, if we look at the way our our community is, if if you imagine very simply drawing a horizontal line in front of you. And on the left-hand side, you class your audience as being quite laissez-faire, i.e. when in Rome, do as the Romans. And on the right-hand side, um, those who have a a very determined viewpoint, quite a cynical view, um, that's the spectrum. So we're going from laissez-faire to potentially your cynics in, in all of this. If we focus in on the cynics, then we know that more than likely the, the response is going to be negative. And if you focus on the Laissez Fay, well, they'll say, well, it's not really affected me, so why should I be bothered? And, and if you then segment that group, there are three groups that come out. They're interested, but uninformed. They don't know, so they need education and understanding. And then you have those who are interested in the the whole conversation but are are cautious and they're cautious because they don't know what their faith or belief says about the topic and need that validation in order to support the decision and if we look at the third category the cynics who regardless of what you say to them will never change their mind is where do we focus our energy and and our efforts to try and help persuade the community and that's where I've come from is I've looked at the situation around what is it that the interested but cautious are saying. So they they understand Mm -hmm. that there is a problem. They understand the dilemma. They understand that there are many, many people from our community who are suffering. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, if they needed an organ, would happily accept one, but want validation around whether or not is permissible to donate. Mm-hmm. That's where we focused our effort and by reaching out to the scholars to get the, the Islamic validation in order to help people make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. Now, sister, if I if I say to you this, I know from personal experience, when I speak to the young professionals and I, I put the dilemma to them. They look at it from the perspective, well, you're absolutely right. If I needed an organ or God forbid, a member of my family was suffering, would I encourage them to go onto the list and wait for an organ to become available? And the answer is more than likely yes. Uh And then they understand, well, that if that's the case, but the number of organs that come from members of our ethnicity that would be suitable for our community are really quite small, then without being part of the process, then these people are going to die. They kind of get it. They say there's there's an understanding, there's a logic to why we need to do this. Right. When I've talked to people at a younger age group, for example, my daughter who's 16, you know, she, she talks to me in a way that, Dad, it's a no-brainer. Right. If, sure. I, if I would happily accept this, then why wouldn't I donate? Yes. You know, where's the the morality in being um, happy to to accept but not to to participate in the process of organ donation? So do I think that this is going to be the situation forever? I think as our community becomes more informed, they understand the challenge and uh, the heartache and distress that members of our community are facing, they will see this and, and take a view that we can't bury our head in the sand, we need to do something. And perhaps the younger group element of our community will take a more proactive stance than the elder generations, but it's important we get the message across to everybody. And and sister, the reason for that is, as I say, it comes back to if a member of our family is considered a potential donor, as I said, the specialist nurses, the clinical teams will talk to the family and ask the question. And if we have elders in the community who, who object, then regardless of what that individual's decision was, yes. then that's an opportunity lost to save somebody else's life. So we can't just focus in on the, the interested but cautious and the interested but uninformed. We've got to talk to everybody and help them understand as best we can.
0: Absolutely. Now, we, we were talking about trying to get the message across to these individuals, and obviously you're working on a spectrum here uh, with individuals who are quite comfortable with the possibility of not only taking um, a donation themselves uh, of an organ, but donating to, and then you have those with um, those individuals with quite strict um, and confirmed understanding and they just will not budge have you yourself ever seen any sort of national campaign or local campaign within your area or around that you know just focusing on the muslim community and um, because we see posters up of young males etc who have discussed that this is the uh, you know if it wasn't for this organ donation i wouldn't be here today um but something which will connect back to our own muslim community
1: Um, How do I answer that? In in terms of the the negativity around organ donation, what I know based on the work that's been done working with NHS blood and transplant is that we've seen when um, a number of WhatsApp messages have gone out from undisclosed sources that there have been spikes in the number of opt-outs that have have happened. Um, And that's something that we can't openly challenge because we don't know the source, where these these messages are originating from. Um, In terms of the campaigns that are out there at the moment in terms of promoting organ donation, anyone and everyone who's talking about it is, is making and having a positive impact in terms of raising the awareness level, and all we can do, and all I can do, is help support that endeavour as best we can. Um, There have been uh, a number of um, opportunities that have come through previously, and more recently, um, as I said, uh, there's been this scheme, the community investment scheme, which has been, um, it's a pot of money that the government have set aside um, to help BAME organisations, Black, Asian, minority, ethnic organisations apply for funding Mm -hmm. to carry out this outreach work in the community. Um, But in terms of, you know, some of the miscommunication that's out there. Um, all I can say is I, I would just ask people to to do their homework, to, to look at the facts for themselves, to look at the detail, rather than just receive a message and and, and cascade it out as, as being, um, you know, fait accompli, that this is ex- the truth. Because in many cases, um, they're being misinformed.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um we're Speaking to Brother Amjad Ali in regards to organ donation, you're listening to 1530 Radio Ramadan. Um, Brother Amjad, you know, when I listen to everything that you've experienced in your life, um, which obviously you've gone through so much uh, from the age of 20 until now, um, and it's not just yourself, obviously, your family has um, suffered in a sense along with you as well. Now, you've taken... Up so much hard work um despite having your own health issues uh, and alhamdulillah obviously for the listeners um who are listening into radio ramadan today as well they can probably hear through the, just this conversation that we're having your passion um Do you have a message for those who are suffering within our community with not just chronic kidney disease, but any individuals who's suffering um, and is waiting for a transplant? What would you say to them from your own personal experience um, and how you've lived your life?
1: Uh, That's a a big question in terms of how, how do you help somebody keep hope. Um, I suppose for me, sister, it was always, as I said, a, a case of um, trust in Allah. Um, be grateful for the blessings that he's He's given us um, and appreciate um, every day for what it is. Uh, for me personally, look, um, my journey was a difficult one. Uh, 23 and a half years on dialysis. Did I honestly think I was going to last that long? Um, the honest answer is no, I didn't. Would I have lasted that long if I was on my own? Definitely not. Um, I owe everything um, to my family and my friends for their love and support. You know, Without them, I, I wouldn't be here today. That's a definite. I know that. Um, for me personally, this is about doing what I feel is right in a manner that shows and demonstrates a respect and understanding of the importance of Islam in in our daily lives as Muslims. We can't, I I don't want to go out there preaching anything to anybody to say, look, um, we're happy to accept, but we're not donating. We need to sort ourselves out. That's not the message. Everyone is entitled to their opinion, and and we need to help them understand um, as best we can what the Islamic position is through our learned scholars who are working on this independently. For the many patients and and family members who are supporting those patients, uh, I would say to them, you know, just please don't give up hope. Um, it is a case of nobody knows when these opportunities will arise. Um, the way the system operates through the organ donor register system is that it's, it's done on the best matching. It's not done by name, it's not done by faith, it's not done by ethnicity. It's a case of every individual who's on the organ donor list waiting for an organ. Uh, they are statistically a number. Um, and with a a code against what their matching is and when an organ becomes available that's how the system operates it goes to the best to the person it matches the best Um, but what we know for definite is that there are genetic differences through ethnicity Um, so the fact that There aren't enough donors from our community, means that the opportunities for members of our community are not as great, and that's why we end up waiting longer. Um, In my case, it was a, a very unusual scenario that I waited at the length that I did. Most patients of BME background. End up waiting on average about two and a half years, longer than um, our white Caucasians who who may be on the list. Can, can so, I just
0: ask you, a question, it, brother, how do you get tested to find out if you can be, um, uh, like for example, if you can become a donor match for someone else?
1: Well, in terms of the testing, if I go back to my family's experience, it was a simple blood test. So they take a number of bottles of blood where they do your tissue type and and cross-matching. And from that, they can determine whether or not um, you would be a suitable donor or uh, for a living transplant. And and, and that's key. And I'd like to just add on something to that that I heard recently um, through one of the scholars. And it was a very pertinent point, And it comes back to um, legitimizing organ, organ donation. And the scenario that was given to me was simply this, is that we have two viewpoints. When a brother donates an organ to a brother um, because there's a need um, and it's a living donation, people look upon that as being an honorable thing to have done, yes. that a brother has made a sacrifice for a fellow human being to, to, to help them in their time of need. Mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, when a donation is made after death, then that's frowned upon. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it just seems unusual that, that we would adopt that viewpoint, mm-hmm. that it's honourable to do it while you're living, but it's not considered honourable once the person has died. So that's something else to, for I think your listeners to think about.
0: Uh, I think they'll obviously take away a lot um, from this conversation today, Brother Amjad, um, and to think on. Now, just uh, to ask you on a personal note, if you had suffered from chronic kidney disease, do you think you would have dedicated so much of your own personal time and work uh, to organ donation?
1: The, uh, The honest answer to that is probably not, reason being. Um, As I said from earlier on, that it's only through my own personal experience and and seeing the suffering of others that I've come to know because of various visits to hospital that I know how damaging and debilitating this condition is. And it was only through the fact that um, having had that experience and then coming out at the other end with a, a working transplant that I felt that I could... Use my experience to to help people understand of of the challenge facing our community. Um, you know, moving forward, um, sister. You know, the fact that we have um, an updated religious edict. Um, the real work starts now. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, you know. I, along with partner groups, you know, need to work together to ensure that communities understand what we have in terms of this religious opinion and and help to ensure that they understand what it means Um, i don't expect the religious edict to change behavior or create that call to action overnight but what i hope it will do is encourage uk muslims to talk more openly about the subject. Sister, believe you me, five, six years ago, when I first reached out to the community, whilst, alhamdulillah, everyone was receptive to my call to come together, Mm -hmm. there was very little dialogue around this subject. Uh, The recent um, opportunity to bid for funding, um, out of 40 applications that were received, Um, A quarter of those were from Muslim organizations who wanted to actively engage in this process to raise awareness. So, alhamdulillah, I think we've come a long way. Um, But for me personally, I, I come back to the point that I made briefly earlier on. Whatever we do, we have to do it in a way that demonstrates that respect an understanding of Islam. I don't want anybody to feel that, you know, they're being um, talked down to. It's about helping people look at this from a very clear and transparent perspective and make their own informed decision as to what's right for them. And, And finally, I suppose the key thing is, look, promoting organ donation you know, it's in fact very much about promoting common humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's, you know, by becoming an organ donor, you know, you do it in the knowledge that at the end of our life, you know, you're helping to transform the life of somebody else. And and that for me is the sadhka jariya that I, I hope that will be everlasting and, and will give us the akhirah the that we all hope for, inshallah. Inshallah.
0: Jazakallah khair, Brother Amjad, for coming on to Radio Ramadan today on 1530. Just to let the listeners know, um, this uh, will, inshallah, uh, be available to you again. Um, Now, Brother Amjad, uh, do you have any addresses, websites, etc., for anyone who's suffering or in that same position as you, that you could share with the listeners at all?
1: Um, I suppose the, the, the best um, way to, to, to get more information about all of this is is to go on to the, the NHS BT website where there's lots of information um, on um, lo- um, all of the faith communities uh, in terms of how we're doing the outreach work. Um, so that's just NHS Blood and Transplant. If you type that into your web browser, then that will bring you up to their website, which will give you all the information that you need.
0: Brother Amjad. you're listening to Radio Ramadan on 1530 AM. Thank you.